Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, this is the bad boy, Joey Chanel, and you're listening to the Going In Raw podcast. Joey Janelle always goes in. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Going In Raw. Hey everyone, Kenny Omega here. In case you didn't know, we have an awesome kick butt show called Stephen Larson's Going In Raw, and they're going to be supporting AEW every week amongst many other things. Goodbye and smooch. Good night. Hey, Brendo Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you'll be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found, of course, taped live at the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson. Tonight, of course, we'll be doing our NXT TakeOver Deliver live reactions. Uh, uh, night two of Stand and Deliver. Uh, thanks to everybody for joining us for night one. We'll be doing night two also on the YouTube, and then we'll be coming back here for our recap of, of, uh, of the show. TakeOver so, uh, Deliver, yes. Yeah. So... Uh, while that was happening, while night one was happening, there was also an AEW. Um, yeah, there that's was a dynamite. Putting it, it existed. <laughs> it happened. It happened. Uh, you could sort of tell on paper that, with the exception of Mike Tyson being there, well, the main was, event. I think they were trying to draw eyeballs with that main event. With the yeah. Young Bucks and Moxley teaming up for the first time ever, based on what happened uh, during the match, probably the last time. For sure. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they tried to. To, to, to make it a, a episode worth watching. Um, but uh, there was like, I don't know, maybe a half hour of like meaty content that advanced stories and then yeah. some, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't not a whole But while we're here, let's get going. this out of the way. One thing, one major thing to come from this is during uh, Chris Jericho's promo, he announced that yes. blood and guts will be happening. Inner Circle versus Pinnacle. Steve now owes me $100. We made a bet. A number of weeks ago, Steve said they wouldn't do blood and guts again. I said, yeah, they will. Sure enough, they did pay up. Uh, okay. So I am surprised that they're doing blood and guts. Well, I'm not surprised necessarily. When I said that, the name blood and guts was such a shot at something Vince McMahon had said. And I was kind of surprised that they would still, a year later, go ahead with the branding on this. Like, I figured that they, if it's going to be War Games, that's what this is going to be. Um, well, they then, can't use War Games. I think WWE has that. that yeah, trademark. but they trademarked the Match Beyond, yeah. which is another name for War Games. I figured yeah. they'd use that instead of do another dig at WWE. But uh, but they're going, Blood and Guts is a great name, so I'm not, like, entirely shocked. Uh, so, yeah, I... I, I, I off the cuff, said, bet you 100 bucks they don't do it. It's a silly bet. Uh, I'm going to offer you this instead uh, on May 5th. Blood. Right. Well, okay, here's the thing. I'm not going to give you 100 bucks because it's a stupid bet, and I'm not going to do that. Then why did you make it? It was just a silly comment that I made. Uh, but I will offer you this instead. I will offer you this instead. On May 5th, blood and guts. Uh, I will do a live watch along, the proceeds of which will go to the charity of your choice. And I will produce as an artiste, a limited edition print of Steve versus Larson, blood and guts, the proceeds of which will go to the charity of your choice. All right. So you can, you can take that or... I will offer you $100 for you in the form of a giant bucket filled with pennies. Which would you prefer to do? I'll take the, the charity stuff because as it was, I was not going to take your money. I know. And I thought that I, it's been a while since we've done a charity thing. Yeah. Um, and so I thought this would be a great idea to do something for charity. So 
uh, <laughs> figure out. A couple, a couple friendos here saying, uh, take, take the, the pennies. That's just more an inconvenience for me. You know, little I does had Steve this... know the charity is going to be the human fund. It's money for people. Oh, okay. We'll see. Yeah, you, you'll make out more this way because you know the friendos. We're gonna, I'm, we'll do it like a regular charity thing mm -hmm, where people mm -hmm. will be able to to put in for it. I will put in money as well. Um, also, my time and my artwork. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, we'll do. It's been a while since we've done a charity thing. I think this would be a yes. great idea for that. Yes. Um, yes. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's awesome. I think I think that Jericho's promo last night was was stellar. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Here, this is what I was gonna do with the pen. Because at first I was like, man, I gotta make a joke about this. I gotta make like a funny video about this. I was gonna get a bucket, put some bricks in it, and uh -huh. then like down at the bottom, I was gonna print out something that looked like pennies, and then put like. $10 of pennies on top of it. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, just yeah. to see if you ever figured out that it wasn't actually all pennies. Oh, I probably would. I'd dig through it a little bit. <laughs> You'd dig your hand down into the pennies to see if it was all like, there. Why is there. Why is there cardboard here? Uh, like, <laughs> like three inches down. Uh, it would have been funny. But then I was like, oh, no, I'll do a charity thing. Because I remember but you think, mentioning the charity yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like, long ago when it got brought up, I was like, hey, don't pay me any money if, 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 this actually follows. This actually happens. Just get, just give money to charity. But yeah, I thought I thought it'd be fun to do a drive and do a poster and all that kind of stuff. So that would be fun. Yeah, that we can make a thing about. Good it. idea. We could do a huge thing. A dang MQ says a hundred dollars in NFTs. I don't think you'd want that now. I think they crashed. From what I understand, the NFT market crashed. Didn't take long. Yeah, it did not take long at Didn't all. Didn't take long. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's a good idea. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean, dynamite last night. It, you know, I, I mentioned this to you half jokingly it's like well Cody's not on the show so you know they're gonna phone it in it felt there was a bit it was just a bit goofier last night I'm still not entirely on board but I know Matt Jackson's trying to do this big dramatic I'm emotionally torn thing I'm not buying it because it doesn't make a lot of sense um well we've also seen it before we saw it in New Japan when it was the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers we've seen this storyline kind of play out already um, and they are kind of referencing it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, part of the problem with this episode, kind of backtracking a little bit, I feel like AEW is better when they don't have as much talking. Mm -hmm. This was a very talky episode. And mm -hmm. when the episodes get talky, it gets bogged down in a bunch of promos. People, you know, okay, I won't generalize for other people. I watch AEW because they're really good at telling stories in the ring. That's why I appreciate AEW's uh, programming. Because they, they really focus on telling, and, and a lot of times it's interpersonal stories in the ring. They do that better than anybody else. Um, uh, and, and when they get people on the mic to explain stuff, and like there's a couple promo segments that made zero, there was zero sense for them to have them on the show, like the Death Triangle Best Friends one. There's basically no reason for that to exist other than, yeah. hey, best friends, we're back, we're coming after you. That could have been done in a 30 second backstage statement rather than having a full on interview out in the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's more efficient ways of 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 relating those story beats than having the 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 pageantry of Tony uh, doing an interview at the top of the stage and have a death triangle out, out with their their entrance, and then you got best friends coming out with their entrance, and it's just it's 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 not efficient. Yeah. I want efficiency in storytelling, and that's why I like like they do a lot of stuff in the ring during matches because then you get your action, but then you also get storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. I think that there, there are there's the stronger episodes have a decent mix of the two. I do think that last night was very talky and like, I don't know. I, I don't want to complain about them going long term and referencing stuff that happened in the past. But when the best friends come out and they're like, hey, remember when this happened over a year ago? It's one thing for Jericho to say, hey, blood and guts. We've been waiting a long time. Everybody's been waiting for blood and guts. And I was a bit naive to that. Um, but when when best friends comes out and they're like, hey, remember this that nobody else remembers ever happened? And they're like, oh, they still care about this. I mean, that is one of the wrestling conventions that I kind of have grown to appreciate is that by and large, unless it's a big deal. Wrestling has a short-term memory. You know, it's like, you don't want, I mean, it's so they beat him up a long time ago. It's wrestling. Do you really need to get your revenge for this? Is it that big of a deal? I mean, is it going to be some good matches? Yeah, but then you also have the thing where they come out and the, the, the one thing I noticed last night was the one weakness about AEW is that 
because they give their rest sometimes too much freedom isn't a good thing. They go out there and they get on the mic and nobody in best friends, they're they're very charismatic people and I I like them being on the screen. None of them are good talkers really. Like they get out there and they they ramble their way through some stuff and none of it's very dramatic or effective. And I mean, I know Orange Cassidy isn't supposed to be that, but the other guys get on there and they talk and it's like, okay, I kind of wish you had a script or something. And uh, I mean, Pac is great, but I'm talking about on the best friend side of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just that stuff becomes a bit meandering and it's like, God, it just feels like you're in promo class at a certain point. Well, that's why I feel like stuff like that where the story beat is essentially, hey, remember what you did to us a year ago? You know, just do that real quick backstage stuff. That way you don't have X number of seconds you need to fill with talking. It's quick. The best friends continually, continually are stuck with the weakest of motivations for all of their stories. Mm-hmm. This, they're, they're, they have like the there was the arcade stuff, which has been lasting like, you know, forever until last week. Yeah. And, and now it's like, hey, remember over a year ago when that happened? There was okay. that segment. And then the Team Taz won. I love Team Taz. T- oh, my, I thought I thought it, the, the stuff they did backstage. I was like, well, this doesn't need this. This this is it, like it, it ended with zero punctuation. That's why I love it. It it's 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 why is this? And I I say this out of affection because sometimes I appreciate the absurd. It's what was so? Wait, in kayfabe, you bring a camera over so that you can cut a promo, and the promo is just a couple moments of group therapy. There was no point whatsoever other than to see Team Taz continue to fall apart, which kind of made me laugh. And I like that kind of stuff in pro wrestling because Team team Taz just makes me laugh. Hey, Christian, uh, you want to come to our team? Again, it's just for me, it's about efficiency. Yeah. That's not an efficient use of of time. You could have a match, a meaty match or match of some consequence and have that play out before us. Show us. Don't tell us, you know. Can we talk about motivational uh, uh, speaker Sting? He gets interrupted every single week by Lance, by uh, Lance Archer. He's, he's he's the Elias of AEW. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, he is. And he's like, "Hey, man, you know what? You are great. You're wonderful, and you could be." And you see Lance Archer being like, "Yeah, Sting just said I'm great. That's awesome." And then he gets on Jake about, "Hey, yeah. hey show him how to do it." Yeah, he's getting right? on Jake about it. It's it's no, it it's like, I honestly just think that Tony Khan is like, "Hey." I'm gonna. I, we're going to sink or swim based on the ability of these performers to go out and perform mm-hmm. with really little to no direction. And on one hand, it's refreshing to watch. On the other hand, sometimes it comes off like just aimless and directionless. And like you said, if you're being efficient, you have direction. You know how to get from A to B. Yeah, and I think also that's a reason why these episodes of dynamite with a lot of backstage bits a lot of talking bits just aren't as good yeah they just aren't i, th- yeah. I can think the last few episodes of dynamite that i was kind of like Meh. like the through line is that they're really talky episodes i just don't think that's AEW's strong point mm-hmm. i mean they can sound like they don't have good talkers they do mm-hmm. when they rely on people talking to tell their stories the pro- they just don't feel like the products is good yep uh, let's go ahead and dive into it the steve notes are out there so if you're a, a patron or if you're a YouTube channel member, or if you're uh, a Twitch subscriber, uh, they are in your, uh, they're available to you right now. It started off with Hangman Page versus Max Caster. Max- oh, you want to talk about the inner circle showing up in like a fleet of fancy vehicles? Oh, I guess I started this like a minute late because I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, it was just okay. a shot of them all pulling up and... I do, I do appreciate that they're turning the face heel thing on its head and showing up in all black. And then, of course, the mm-hmm. one guy who has to buck that a little bit is Jake Hager, who has black on, but his pants are dark, dark camo. It's yeah. still like black and white, black and gray camo, but still. Yes. Um, but anyways, yeah. So then we had Hangman Page versus Max Caster. Caster drops a rap uh, on the way to the ring. Very clever. Uh, a bit of a dated reference with Biden uh, uh, eating Falling shit on, stairs, yeah. on the steps yeah. to Air Force One. Um not the most cutting lyrics, but uh, but whatever. Uh, anyways, this is a fun enough match. Hangman won with the buckshot lariat after Caster and Bowens try to use the boombox on mm-hmm. him. 
so yeah, decent enough match. I like Max Caster. I think he's good. He's got he's got that good heel heat with me, man. He's yeah. got he's got that face and he's got the uh the uh, the, the the rap stuff that makes me want people to beat him up. So let me ask you this. So Hangman is number one ranked uh contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, in AEW, that doesn't necessarily mean a title shot at next pay-per-view. Um, you know, it kind of feels like double or nothing is too soon since Kenny is still embroiled in all this other stuff. He's still got to go get have his match with uh, Rich Swan at uh, at a Rebellion. End of this month, yeah. Yeah, and then and then uh, double or nothing is end of May. You know, if, if it feels like all out at the soonest would be the right time. Maybe I still feel like there's a ways to go. You and I have building page back up to that level. You and I have always mentioned all out as kind mm-hmm. of, I, I kind of think that it's, it's, it's all out. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, it also wouldn't show. So when is uh when is double or nothing? It's May, May 30th, I think. Oh, it's that. Okay. So it's still, that's still a month and a half. That's away. still a month, month and, and a half weeks. away, a little bit a month and three weeks away. Um, this Kenny and the Bucks and Good Brothers thing seems like it is pretty thick, and we're pretty much at the like we're starting the second act of it, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then Which All we, Out seems like sorry, a far, a long way away for a guy who's the number one contender. I know, and you know, with with the elite kind of reforming, at least Kenny and the Bucks, the 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 original iteration of the elite. And given Paige's own history with with the elite, since there's kind of a coming together, you kind of wonder if they're going to try to bring him into it. Mm-hmm. You know, being former Bullet Club, you know, being one of the guys who left New Japan to form AEW, are they going to try to bring him into it? They're going to have, or you have a push and pull between Kenny, the Bucks, the Good Brothers, and Paige with the Dark Order. Just don't know. But yeah, this this in terms of. How AEW, I feel like, kind of tells stories. Like, you can make the argument that Double or Nothing is their mania, or you can say it's All Out. You can make the argument for you. Yeah, sure. Um, Being that All Out has its roots in All In, which kind of kickstarted the whole thing, I kind of feel like that's kind of like the show on an annual basis. Um, And and if they're going to have a title change with Hangman winning, that would feel like the place to do it. But and that's the soonest they'll probably have a full the full crowd too. I think they the end of August. In terms of a pay per view, end of August, dude. I don't know, man. Things are moving so quickly right now. Things are moving really quickly. It would not shock me. It wouldn't shock me if they somehow try to get like seventy five percent capacity for for double or nothing. Well, they're 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 in Florida. They could do that right now. Did they announce double or nothing for Florida? That's going to be Jacksonville. Yeah, it's going to be. I think if they said it was going to be in Jacksonville. Yeah, they're in Florida. They can kind of do whatever they want now, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think that double or nothing is too early for for Hangman Kenny. Totally. totally. Um, I don't know where. I mean, it, 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 you know, even Hangman's been on the. Let's see, what did he do? He he got some. He, he won. Got some Hangman some page wisers. Yeah, and tossed a couple into the crowd, and then and walked up into the concourse and left. Is there anything going on in BTE that he that looks like it's going to be a meaty thing for him? I mean, he did the Matt Hardy thing, and that was like a good win for him because it's Matt Hardy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it'd be good. You know, it'd be good for him, Lance Archer. Yeah. Lance Archer would be really good for for Hangman yeah. Page. Um. Anyways, uh, Death Triangle interview is next. Uh, they come out, says, hey, you got your shots at being tag team champions next week. Yeah, you know they're losing. They're going to lose. Uh, after that, the, yeah, no, those titles, as long as the Young Bucks are embroiled in the A story, they're not losing those tag titles. The best friends interrupt. OC says, hey, it's nice to see you in the ring together again. They He rolls footage of stuff that happened like over a year ago of them beating the crap out of Orange Cassidy whatnot. Yep. Chuck and uh, Trent and uh, Statlander are all out there with them. They say, yeah, we remember what happened. And Pac says, and uh, Phoenix and Penta both sort of, you know, they start getting up in the fields about it. Like, oh, these guys want to get it. And then Pac's like, no, no, listen, listen. You see clearly, you see the writing. I'm starting to do Zach Gibson. Anyways, he says, you see the writing on the wall. You want a shot at the next AEW Tag Champions. You're far from worthy. Get off our stage. Trent says, you know, we got to work our way back up. We understand uh, he says, uh, you can calm down, though, Triangle, because we're only out here to give you a heads up. The boys are back in town. I feel like that's a much better song for uh, the best friends. 
yeah. than the Pixies. Yeah. Some Thin Lizzy. There you go. Uh, anyway, we got a quick shot of Mike Tyson talking to the new Jaguars coach, Urban Meyer. Um, and then we get uh, the inner circle. They come to the ring. Jericho drops along. A good but long promo. He said it was a month ago. They were given the beatdown of a lifetime from the pineapple. I mean, the pinnacle. It gave them a wake-up call. Made them realize they made a lot of bad decisions over the last six months. For that, for that they apologized to everyone. <laughs> but those decisions were caused by MJF, who Jericho described as his jerk-off friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJ was bragging about outsmarting Jericho, and Jericho said he was right. So, uh, Jericho says, I'm not smart at certain things, like high school chemistry. He says, for real, my teacher asked me if I was on, if I was on dope. But he's smart when it comes to pro wrestling. So that was a quote. What, that was yeah. a big. That was what they. That's what they. Everybody called like. Oh, are you on? Are you on dope? Yeah. My dad. Yeah. My dad. Uh, <laughs> he, he would always reference the Dealer McDope comic book. It was like a underground San Francisco comic book from like wow. the late sixties that wow. uh, apparently somebody had like copies of when he was in Nam. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Dealer McDope. That's that's something else. So uh, Jericho says, "I'm smart when it comes to the pro wrestling, and that's why I brought MJF to the inner circle." I wasn't bringing him under my wing. I was keeping him under my thumb because I know how dangerous and good MJF is. I wanted to use him to benefit the inner circle. They had it all planned out. They were ready to kick MJF's ass whenever he turned on them. But what they didn't think about is that he'd be one step ahead. They got outsmarted by a man who can do everything except apply a spray tan. (laughs) Um, Jericho says MJF is only 25. He's at the pinnacle of the business, but MJF MJF considers himself like a fine wine to be better with age, but MJF doesn't want to wait. He wants to be better than Jericho now. Those are huge shoes to fill. Hey, maybe take baby steps. Be better than Peter Avalon or Michael Nakazawa or be better than the Burberry scarf you're still wearing. It says, time to change it up. Jericho says, I was rocking the scarf gimmick years ago. Why is MJF stealing my shit? It's lame. I got an old clipboard in the back if MJF wants to add to the list of gimmicks he's stolen from Jericho. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Uh, He says MJF isn't as good as he thinks he is. He sees MJF listening to the critics, see him listening to the fans online. He says MJF would check his social media to see how how people thought he did after every segment. Uh, Jericho says, we call that in the business being a mark. He says, I'm going to start calling it being a max because MJF is a max for for himself. He says, the true issue is that MJF knows he'll never be better than Jericho. He'll never be better uh, than him, and he knows it, and that's causing... The fine wine at MJF's brain to ferment and sour. 
because look at the sour men he's aligned himself with. Then he proceeds to run down each member of Pinnacle. Calls Tully a third-rate horseman. Ouch. Um, compares FTR to the Jonas Brothers. Says they're great. They make money. I don't know who they are. Uh, says he keeps hearing that Sean Spears has all this upside. He's never seen it. Uh, says Warlow has to strip naked to count to 21. Uh, <laughs> he says, look at the inner circle. Uh, who will dominate uh, AEW with the help of everyone. Uh, they know Pinnacle will beat the crap out of them. They don't care if they like the fight. They're going to shove the faces of Pinnacle up each other's asses and form a human centipede with MJF in the back. Jericho says if Pinnacle wants blood and violence, they've been waiting for a match since March 25th of last year. Blood and guts. Blood and guts. May 5th. It's happening. Says they're the inner circle. They're going to beat the living shit out of uh, Pinnacle, and the worst is yet to come. Uh, uh, good recap. Um, after that, we had a Christian Cage interview. Uh, I, it's, he's just a lot of talking. He says, when you step in the ring with me, you got to level up because I make wrestlers better. You have to be good because I'm workhorse. And then my favorite guy, Taz, interrupts. Oh, 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 hey, Christian Cage. Oh, listen, I got one guy named Cage in my team. He's Team Taz. We want to be in Team Taz? Don't have to answer now. Sleep on it. And he's like, uh, and then Dasha, start, Dasha says, looks like you have a decision to make. Other people have a decision to make is King Kong and Godzilla or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. So next up was the Godzilla versus Kong match. I still haven't seen this damn movie, Larson. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet either. Maybe I this weekend if I wanted to do my dang review for it. Yeah, maybe it'll be the celebratory watch uh, after Mania. Uh, maybe. In any event, fun enough match. Luchasaurus got the pin on Bronson with a choke slam and a standing moonsault. Uh, mm-hmm. After that, I really liked this. It was. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. So obviously, it started off as the Nightmare Factory, but it's it's the factory now, uh, and it's a QT. He's in his school. He's surrounded by his dudes, and uh, he's addressing Cody, and he says, "You know, you've got this uh, false narrative that uh, that uh, wait no." He says, uh, "QT says I've done all I've done is the work." He says, "You have this false narrative. That I don't do the work." He says, "All I've done is the work." He says, look at your credentials. After you were playing second fiddle to Ted Jr., referencing uh, Legacy, he says, you had to hide behind face paint because even being Dusty's kid couldn't cut it for you. So you went to the indie, surrounded yourself with vanilla midgets so you could feel like the star you never were. Unlike you, bargain brand sting, I've never been afraid of other success. I've surrounded myself with men, hungry men. Look at Aaron Solo. He'll never be known as someone's, as just somebody's boyfriend. Camarado, not ever be called the body guy. And a go-go. And a go-go talks and he's like, I'm already a household name in the UK. And then he says a bunch of stuff and then he says, all you Yanks are going to learn soon enough the hard way. I like I like the line, I do subway commercials for business and punch people for pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed, a, I missed so much that I was like, oh, this is all really good British stuff, but he's talking really fast. It was good. Uh, and then it goes back to QT and says, Cody, this is my fucking factory. And they throw paint on the nightmare of it, so it's just left with the factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought it, I thought it was strong stuff. I, Q, I love QT. I'm really glad that he's out of the shadow of the Me too. of Cody. I think this is Me good. Stuff. I mean, I don't I don't know if they're going to be anything more than jobbers. Maybe one of them, or maybe a go go will break out. Maybe maybe they're all three. They all have they all three. Of these guys have really strong credentials. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe uh, they said a go go a go go is going to make his in ring debut next week. Yeah, that should be interesting. Uh, next, we have the uh, customary uh, weekly Sting interview, and as one would expect, it was interrupted before he could get a word in. Uh, Jake Roberts comes out, and he says, Sting, you know the deal. You start. You get interrupted. You do nothing. He tells Sting to shut his hole, <laughs> asks where Darby is at. Jake says, I'm a crazy SOB. They say it's a definition of sanity is doing the same thing How over and over again. How many times have we heard that in popular culture over the past so like, many. couple of years? So many. Every, everybody says it. It's like really picked up steam in the last few years. I did anyway. like when Jake said, where's your gerbil friend? Yeah. <laughs> he called him so, a gerbil. Archer walks out and says, enough. If that's the definition of insanity, that Jake is crazy and I'm one sick son of a bitch and I'm sick and tired of the agenda in AEW. I like that he brought this up. You bring me in, you push me to the top, then you take me away. I fight Mox, then I go away. I work main event after main event after main event, then I go away. And I'm done with it. The world is going to pay attention to Lance Archer. Sting, you're going to pay attention to Lance Archer because it's Lance Archer's time. I'm supposed to be in the main event. I should be having this interview. Sting snatches Sting. Sting snatches the, the mic from him, says it is his time. 
or says it's my time now. I'm in full agreement with you, Lance Archer. You should be a main event guy, but then you disappear, and I don't understand why. Jake, what's the matter with you? Tell Archer how to do it. <laughs> uh, tell Help Archer channel all this energy in the right direction. Then maybe he'll be contending for the AEW title in that ring without disappearing. Make it happen. Make it showtime. He has it in him. Now go do it. Do it. Uh, and, and, and Sting Archer, walks off. Archer looks so like, oh, yeah, I am a big yeah. deal. Thanks, Sting. And yeah, it was Sting. funny because Jake was like, speech is like, oh, yeah, this is probably what I should be doing, huh? Yeah, I know. And then uh, during this, they have a couple shots of Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page up in the in the in the stands laughing, so yucking it up. So I don't. Are yeah. they going to align with Archer or are they going to feud with Archer? Don't know. What's that deal all about? I mean, they're a tag team, and Archer is but one man. Yeah, but you know what that means? Faction. Um. Or yeah. Or handicap match. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, because they didn't really cut to them. Otherwise, it was just during this. Okay. Yep. Anyways, after that, we had Team Tez. Again, no idea why this thing existed. Exactly, and that's why it bugged me. It was just Starks wanted to hear from Cage. Taz says, stop instigating. He says, listen, we've got an offer out to a real blue chipper, Christian, Christian Cage. And he says, we got to be smart about this. Yeah, I don't know. You understand, Ricky. Yes, I understand. Yeah, this didn't. So why would they have a camera on these guys? There's like, no reason for it. This no is this it. is this is where you implement the the old school TNA flying a wall camera. AEW, if somebody's paying attention, sometimes I think they are. If Talk somebody, to camera. Talk to camera. Listen. AEW, one of the great things about AEW is that they've never had, you've never had a problem appropriating and paying homage to other wrestling promotions, to other True. wrestling tropes in the past. And so you should have no problem when a promo like this shows up, when it really should be a private conversation, utilize the old Impact TNA fly on the wall camera where mm -hmm. one of these cameramen is motivated, happened to be capturing a conversation that's going down instead of just, okay, everybody stand here for a purposeless promo, like in the, in the universe, in the storyline, why would this camera guy be here See, for example, I'll, I'll use this as an example. Uh, so during, in a little bit after the, the TNT title match, uh, Jericho's doing an interview with Marvez and he's attacked. And then we follow Jericho and Pinnacle to the ring and Marvez has a cameraman. He's like, come on, come on, let's yes, go. Run with me. Exactly. They run to the inner circle locker room to find out why they're not helping out Jericho. They've been locked inside. Stuff like that where, you know, maybe there's something going on. And, and some NXTs do really well. Well, there's something going on the foreground. In the background, they'd catch something. So the camera crew would crew would go and run and, and focus on that, or you just see action play out in the background that would make its way to the foreground. Something that's more organic. And when they have these promos and interviews that are so staged, and half the time feel like there's no point to them, it's just not efficient storytelling. It's just it. It's all about efficiency. Yeah. You got two hours. You got to use it wisely. That is one of my favorite my favorite conventions of of old TNA when they did that stuff because it it felt so it felt so natural. It was I, I really love that stuff. Um, yeah. After that, we had Darby Allen versus J.D. Drake. Talk about the, the low-end faction right here. <laughs> J.D. Drake. You've got Nick Nemeth. You've got Cesar Bononi. Is Peter Avalon still part of this And team? Avalon. But I think he's injured now. So, yeah, he's Aww. like the guy with like the 1 in 58 record or whatever it is is leading a faction. So at least QT knows that the factory is going to be at least not at the bottom of factions. Yeah, yeah. I thought this match was a lot of fun. I was not that familiar with J.D. Drake's work. That bit he did where he flung uh, Darby off off the floor of the ropes and then clotheslined him on the rebound, that was great. Yeah, that was fun. There was a lot of cool stuff in this match. Oh, I forgot to mention. So I know they've probably, they've probably worn this every single time, and I just haven't noticed. But Bear Country's masks, their entrance masks, are amazing. Did you see these? Yeah, I've noticed them before. They're great. They're, they're like their faces they're like are in a bear trap. trap. <laughs> but then also they have little ears on it. I thought, didn't they? Oh, do they? I, I, just, they little bear I was ears trying to figure out what it was. Yeah, it's bear trap. Bear trap. Their face. Did they have well, the they'd... faces molded to make them look like their own faces? No, you can see through. It's just that you have the 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 border and then some stuff across, but there's nothing over it. Oh, really? 
Yeah. I thought it was like an Oz situation where Nash was wearing like a mask, but I think it was supposed to look like Nash with a beard. No, I don't think that's the case. No. They're creepy as hell. I They're swore they had little, super... little little ears on it too. Like what I kind of ears? About that. Like bear ears, like little bear ears. <laughs> I didn't notice see, the bear ears. Picture. So they're supposed really to be like bear people, like they're bear human faces with bear ears. Oh, I guess they're not. Well, those are different masks than what they're wearing now. I'm trying to find a good picture. I guess they're not bear ears. That's my imagination. Yeah, the masks are weird. They're really weird. Like I, I feel like it's it's really not. Like if you're if you're oh, in. Hold on. Mm. Okay, this one. I mean, I don't hold this picture is, but in this picture, yeah, it looks it's like molded faces. I swear to God that they had molded faces last night. Yeah, that one did too. And I didn't know if the molded faces are meant to look like them. Isn't it weird that like if you're in bear country, is one of the problems you might have getting your face stuck in a bear trap? Maybe. Yeah, this one. I guess they are molded faces. I just very. It's usually such a a quick. It's usually such a quick little shot. Well, I stopped it and I was like, "What? Wait a second. What are these masks?" All right, Asian Mercers. Yes, they're molded faces. Doesn't look like them though. Yeah, that's weird then. Hmm. It's really, it's it's fascinating and not really, like their gimmick should be, hey, we're fun bear guys. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they really should have run this past Cal in the first place because that was like his thing. But, I mean, his at least his is like like Cal's gimmick. He's Grizzly Cal. That he is a bear. That's I think it's gimmick. he is a bear. He Are these bear guys man. hapless bear hunters or something? It's like, it's like a, a Grizzly Man. But he never got his head caught in a trap. No, just a, just a bear. I didn't want to say it. No, but. that was good. That was I. If I thought about it, I would have said it. I'm sorry, but at a certain point, that's your own fault. At a certain point, it's like, dude, what are you doing out there? And then that poor girl who's probably like, oh, this guy's interesting. I'm sure he's safe. That's rough. Gosh, that is rough. When here's Douglas is the audience is like, no, I, yeah, that, that was that was. That's the best up move. I should must that destroy joke. this tape. No should've one must that. listen to this ever. I should have made up that joke. Would you, do you, are you interested in WrestleMania? <laughs> in the WrestleMania. In Steve. the WrestleMania. Anyways. Anyways, let's move on before we start making more tacky jokes. Anyways, let's talk about this Darby on JT Drake match. It was good. It was good. What? We left now. Are you upset that you didn't say it? Yeah, kind of. Be honest with me. All right. Yeah, kind of. I don't want you to feel bad for a joke that I would have made easily because it's All right. pretty funny. Anyways. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Darby obviously got the win here with an avalanche code red, which is like my favorite move and a coffin drop, which is not my favorite move. Uh, afterwards, Hardy Family Industries attack Darby. This is when things get really crazy on the stage. Bunny starts <laughs> shouting. Uh, That's why you put that. It's just funny. (laughs) Bunny wants to put him through the table. She starts like yelling Excalibur for everybody to move away from the table so they can put him. She doesn't see what's going on in the background. Dark Order runs off Hardy Family Industries, leaving Ty Conti, uh, who's aligned with the Dark Order, obviously, to attack Bunny. She sort of turns around and she's like, oh, where'd my guys go? Dark Order's here. Then Ty Conti attacks Bunny. Uh, The ref comes out, breaks it up. Yep, that's it. And then we have a extended video package about the Good box. Lord, candy. there's so many segments. I know. <laughs> there are a usually lot. Usually, there's segments. like ten segments. And We're long usually matches. done with the recap by I now. I know. So we get a, a video package over the Mox Candy Good Brothers Young Bucks stuff. Jericho interview, which we talked about uh, uh, briefly a little bit ago. Uh, Jericho is about to have an interview with Marvez. Pinnacle attack him, bring him out to the ring. Uh, Wardlow is about to power bomb him through a table set up outside. He's still in the ring. Cameraman goes back, inner circles uh, locked in their dressing room. They start breaking through the door. Mike Tyson comes out, starts fending off Pinnacle, making the save for Jericho. He's joined by the rest of the inner circle. Uh, they clear the ring. Jericho gets to his feet, extends his hand to Mike Tyson. Tyson shakes it. They embrace. Jericho says, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope they have some explanation as to why. Because uh, last time we saw Jericho and Tyson in the ring together, they were they were at throwing odds. hands at each other. Yeah. Uh, I like Tyson on top of Spears beating him up. That was cool. That was great. Tyson looks great, man. Oh, he looks he looks amazing. He looks Jack. yeah. He was having a good time out there too. Uh, after that, we had a Britt Baker interview. Says uh, Tony Khan should give me a match. Everybody's asking when am I? Gonna this was really get- good. This was really good. Britt Baker's like one of my favorite favorites She's right great. now. Uh, somebody he should give me a match for the title. She says the ranking system is bullshit. Although they beefed her, that bugged me. 
She said it should be based yeah. off. Right? The dudes because, get to say uh, it. Isn't it? Wasn't later in the same? I mean, it wasn't the same promo. Promo. There was another promo where it was. Oh, it was the it was the QT one where he said bullshit and they beeped it. But I think a go-go said shit and they didn't beep it. That's weird. That's weird. I thought they were doing something funky with Chris Jericho's microphone, but it was just his microphone, I think. Because he there was weird audio stuff times. going on where it was like stuff you said a minute ago was popping in my audio. Yeah, yeah, like uh, uh, and then like when Trent was on the stage, the audio was like I couldn't hear what he was saying. Yeah, the audio they didn't bring up his mic enough. Yeah, it was or weird. he was holding it too far. So anyway, she says uh, the ranking system is bullshit. It should be based off star power, merch sales, rating, demo, performance. She's but so this, she says the system's broken. Uh, she's like, I'm going to have to start uh, getting my wins up. You can see me on Dynamite, Dark, and Elevation, getting my wins to climb up the rankings. That it was, was good. good. Yeah, it was really good it was stuff. Good. It was good. Uh, after that, we had the Bunny versus Ty Conti. Ty Conti's gotten so good. Yeah, man, she's really terrific. Her strikes are legit. They look like they're stiff and they hurt. Yeah. Um, despite a hearty family office trying to get involved, she ends up getting the win after a hammerlock DDT. Uh, fun match. Uh, then after that, we got announcements for next week's show: Young Bucks versus Phoenix and Pack. Uh, Anthony Agogo making his in-ring debut. Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. Uh, there was a uh, Red Velvet had a bit of a promo. Uh, Dax Harwood versus Chris Jericho. Tyson will be the special enforcer, mm-hmm. and the Inner Circle and Pinnacle will be banned from ringside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had a Red Velvet video promo. She responded to Jade Cargill's video promo from last week and said, uh, you better be that bitch that gets the job done. Uh, after that, we had our main event, the Young Bucks mm-hmm. and Mox versus Kenny and the Good Brothers. Story, this is basically uh, Matt's uh, uh, sort of identity crisis. He didn't want to fight Kenny. Uh, well, come- he didn't mind fighting him. He didn't want to hurt him. Yeah, right. You know, he didn't want to he didn't want to put him down. It comes to a head. Matt won't super kick Kenny. He sort of has Kenny on the ropes a little bit. He won't super kick him. Kenny slaps him until Matt takes him down. Gives him a ground and pound. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Uh, The match sort of breaks down at that point. Kenny hits Matt with the dragon suplex, another one. Finally, Matt gets a pile driver off, gets two. Then after they all fight a bunch, uh, the Bucks can't bring themselves to do a BTE trigger. Mox is like, dude, come on, let's do the thing. He's like, here, I'll show you how to do it. Comes in, paradigm shift, another one, a sleeper. Uh, And then Nick and Matt are like, no. And they super kick him. (laughs) Eddie Kingston comes limping, running out. Uh, The Good Brothers attack him. Uh, they get a close-up on Matt, and his tanner is just leaking all over his face. Mm-hmm. Excalibur's mm-hmm. trying to say it's tears. Uh, and then uh, a magic killer on Mox, uh, and they drape, the Good Brothers drape Kenny over Mox. Yeah. Uh, after the match, the Good Brothers pick Mox up, tell the Bucks to super kick him. They do it. They all hug. Matt tells Kenny, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. And then, well, he goes up for a two sweet, and they all hug instead. Yeah. Matt. So one, the, one thing I found kind of interesting is, so there's that bit with the stuff with Matt. Uh, Matt they can't do, or they won't do the BTE trigger, and it seems like it's mostly Matt's doing. Even mm-hmm. Nick's like, come on, yeah. let's do it. Which yeah. has always kind of been their dynamic, even go back to the New Japan days, that Matt is kind of the the the, the one that's a bit more emotional. Mm-hmm. Sentimental, maybe. And then so Mox tags himself in. is like, oh, I'll show you how to do it. He has the first paradigm shift. And then he gets to Nick's face. And like, and headbutts some kind of, and starts talking trash to him, and then hits another. So it's like, okay, they're getting enough pieces in there. We understand. Like, Matt obviously is already torn. Now that Mox gets in Nick's face, and it kind of challenges him a little bit, we understand why then Nick would follow his brother and and turn it on Mox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this might have been more effective as if it was a stuff we'd already seen before, more or less. You know. Yeah, I just feel like. Uh... I need to understand, I need to understand, like the whole he's your friend thing kind of only goes so far. I don't know somebody who has changed in my life so drastically and have become so insufferable to be around 
that I would let my nostalgia for this person dictate that, oh, no, I'm going to stick through them thick and thin. I'm going to change who I am for this person, even though clearly they're gone down, they've gone down a path. So to me, it just doesn't seem like doesn't I, true. I need yeah. to know why yeah. Matt's doing this, because Kenny is almost cartoonish in his heel ways these days. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing appealing about Don Kells. They have the titles. It's not success. It's a personal thing. And it's like, why are you doing this? Kenny Mm -hmm. has not displayed any signs that he's still worth it. Mm -hmm. So I, that's, that's the big disconnect for me is that the story Mm -hmm. beat that's missing is why are you so torn? He's an asshole. Mm -hmm. No, agreed. Agreed. Uh, want to answer a few questions. Yeah. Yes, of course. All right. Gareth gifted a sub to quote the Raven. Thank you, Gareth up to 99. Oh my goodness. You're already at, you're almost at a hundred Gareth. Uh, I'm just trying to do something. Is it me, or does sometimes seem Tyson doesn't know what to do with his hands? Uh, you know what? I imagine anybody that. By the way, I didn't put up a thread on the Patreon, so y'all in Twitch chat, load up these questions here because we're gonna <laughs> need them. Um, I would imagine that would be an issue for me in wrestling. Yes. When you and I brought the H title to the ring at VF at a. Uh, uh, Virgil Flynn. Virgil Flynn Productions, yes. I didn't know what to do with my hands. I didn't know what to do with yeah. myself. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. What do I do yeah. with myself? Do, am I, I going to put it in my pockets? I know. No, I know. Uh, Dominic used to do that. There was. Yes. I was actually putting together a supercut of there was a promo that Ray had once. It was either a promo or he was in a match, and they kept on cutting to Dom, and Dom was always in the shot, either in close-up or medium close-up, or he was in a long shot when they were showing the match. And every time he had his hands were doing something different. And I noticed that. I'm like, I, I wouldn't know what to do either. You have to plan it. You have to plan that stuff, you know? Well, especially if you're a little nervous, you know? Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, Rocco, Steve's interpretation of Taz would not be out of place in the Mario Brothers movie. Taz should be Bowser or someone in an animated film. I could see him as the Bowser. Yeah, totally. He could be a Bowser. Uh, Joe Juarez should blood and guts or double or nothing be moved to the football stadium. I would not be surprised if they, if they had the actual blood and guts match at the football stadium. I don't know if the, where the ring is in Daly's place and they can accommodate two rings. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how don't know. Fa- how efficient it would be to move everything around, but at the same time... Yeah, I don't know how they do that. Like, you probably want fans there. Yeah. Uh, Dang MQ, if Sheamus was to go to AEW, should Tony Khan buy the rights to Lobster Head? It depends if that's uh, an in-house theme from WB or not. I don't know. I would suspect it is. AEW really just needs to start doing what TNA used to do. That's one, if somebody's paying attention, don't do that. Say it to camera. Don't say it to me. Say it to camera. If you're paying attention, which I know you are, don't take somebody else's theme song from a different company, slightly tweak it, and then air it. There you go. Like that NWO NWO theme was just yeah. a bad oh, idea. Oh, man. It was terrible. Yeah. It was not good. Uh, White Brownie, with the way this episode went, next week being the start of being unopposed, where you see the viewership at. I don't Unless they have something huge happening, I still don't think even unopposed they're going to get much more over 800000 on a weekly basis. I think where they're at, about 750, 800. That's kind of going to be what it's, what it's going to be. My guess is the new normal will be generally 60 or so thousand over where they usually are. I know like if, so like looking at some of the numbers in the past, I don't remember exactly what they are, but like we've had instances where, you know, they've run unopposed and you could see a bit of a pattern that there was a there was a group of people who would be watching NXT uh, if if they were on and they did mm. watch AEW. And it wasn't like a massive mess. It's not going to get them to like a million. Um, I am kind of surprised that they're not, they're not, I mean, with NXT, they might start advertising it after tonight's takeover, but they're, yeah. they're, they're both not advertising it as like sort of a new beginning. Because, I mean, AEW, like I said earlier, they're really good at promoting stuff. And any opportunity for anything to be, you know, a big deal. And the first night Wednesday or the first Wednesday unopposed, it's kind of a big deal. Like, it could it be is. considered, hey, you know, a new beginning or a new chapter or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised that they really weren't pushing that. And I'm 
surprised that NXT hasn't been advertising. Hey, we're going to Tuesdays a heck of a lot more. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, uninvited ghosts. Who do you think the live fans would cheer for at a Darby versus Jungle Boy match right now? It would be. It would be split. It would be so split. I mean, I think I think an AEW crowd would not turn on one person. I think that they would all be cheering just the best mm-hmm. match possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocco says, "Did you know there were seventy four wrestlers on AEW last night?" I saw something like that on Twitter. Yeah, a lot of people getting TV time. Jaden, uh, MJF, Sammy Guevara, or Ricky Starks? Who goes to WWE first, if any? Not MJF. Definitely, no. definitely not MJF, and I would be shocked. I'll actually say this: Sammy wouldn't shock me, nor would Ricky Starks. But Sammy wouldn't shock me because his main mentor is Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho is a guy who has been everywhere. He's done everything, and he recognizes that you need to invest in what's best for yourself. And that doesn't always yep. go hand in hand with remaining loyal, you know? Yeah, totally. So it's like, I think he would probably say, Hey, listen, keep good relationships, but go where you're valued the most. Yep. 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 But MJF, they, they've, they've shot MJF to the moon. I oh, would, yeah. I would be shocked if MJF left. I really, I mean, he's so young, like maybe it, Maybe in five years, maybe the landscape will be much different. Maybe he'll have done everything he could do in AEW. And he's like, hey, I just want, you know, I, I need I need some time away from the company, you know? That could be. That could be. And he'll only be 30. I know. That's crazy. Uh, this is an interesting question. Fear and loathing. Steve, if Larson changed his attitude, if you had an attitude adjustment, yes. into a slick Louisiana Bayou guy who is a gigolo that collected and spent going in raw funds on Fabergé eggs, would you still be able to coexist with him? No. I'm too old for changes like that. What would be the deal breaker? What of what of those changes would be the would be the, the deal breaker? If you change your attitude, like all of a sudden you got a new accent, I'll say it. I'll say it. Yeah, start talking like Foghorn Leghorn. Steve, have you seen these Fabergé eggs? I don't want highly know. collectible. <laughs> maybe you just make me laugh. I don't. Know, maybe I'm too old to be like, well, I can't start over. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good one. Uh, let's see here. Favorite customer after the ma- match with Rich Swan, who should be the next three feuds for Kenny Omega? Yeah, okay, so that's a good question. So he's got Swan at all, or Swan at a AEW pay per view. I'm sorry, Impact pay per view. <laughs> yeah. He's got, uh, and then what does Kenny do at uh, Double or Nothing? It seems like he's going to have another match with Mox. Yeah, that would probably make sense, huh? Yeah, that could be. Uh, Jorge D with Hangman kicking out of a punch with a metal chain and Matt Jackson kicking out of a metal bat to his injured back. That was amazing. Do AEW devalue weapons too much and make them a regular move? I mean, yes. The answer is yes. Because we saw the same thing. Ty Conti took a, a kendo stick to the head and they gave her time to shake it off. Yeah. But yeah, moves in general in AEW are sold quite a bit less than in other promotions. Um, but people like it, so it's okay. Yeah. It's uh, let's see here. Uh, one more good quote. Well, we'll ask this one. Rocco basically asks, should AW release some people because they might have too many and they could free up some room for guys like Andrade or Enzo and Cass and AEW. I think that I don't really have an answer to that question. They, they seem to have no problem bringing people in. 
I mean, I don't know, man. History will tell if they're using Christian correctly right now, for example. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, he hasn't been on a lot. Uh, when it's time, I feel like they do have a decent idea of, okay, when it's time to feature somebody, we really feature them. Mm-hmm. And then, and it keeps things moving. It keeps things fresh. I mean, things haven't really gotten stale in AEW. So I kind of feel like, no, they don't need to do that. But where are they going to be in two years? I don't know. I mean, Rocco yeah, says, where's either. Joey Janela, for example, but he's kind of like, that's kind of an outlier. I feel, yeah. I, I don't know if I don't know the story there. I really don't. Um, but I wonder if, because, you know, Joey Janela, he's got like a GCW match coming up, I think. God, I swear I saw something recently with him and GCW. Um, him and I think him and Sonny Kiss made a pretty a pretty decent tag team and they never oh, did yeah. anything yeah. with that. Yeah, and, no. I, and I don't know. I don't know the story with that. But that kind of, in my opinion, is is not the standard in AEW. I mean, as we just mentioned earlier, they managed to find a, a, a way to get 74 different people on the show. You know, was it a featured thing? No, but you're on the show and you're involved. And that's kind of the upside of having a lot of factions is you might not be getting 20-minute matches every week, but you're involved in something. And so long as you're involved, you got a shot at some point to start having those matches, you know? It might start at, be on elevation, might start on dark. You get some wins under your belt. Uh, and then you find your way to dynamite. You know, it's. I think it's kind of too soon to tell. I mean, it, my default position is I don't want to see wrestlers get laid off, get released, yeah, right? Yeah, because that's wrestlers yeah. out of work. You know, and yeah, there's more places to work, but at the same time, still a lot of uncertainty going on out there in the world, and especially if if your fallback is going back on the independence, well, that's not exactly up and running at full speed yet. It's uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. It's still, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, this goes across every job success depends on hard work networking and luck you know it's like not everybody can make it to the top not everybody can have the title if you can put together a a decent career where you're making decent money and you do it for an extended period of time do you i mean you know that that maybe you've made some good decisions you know you can't be upset about that Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. Joey Janelle, some people are saying that. So Flat says, no, Joe says, I thought Janelle is more involved in scouting the independence for talent. Uh, Jorge also says uh, Janelle and Chris Dickinson is the main event of spring break. That's what I was thinking ah, of. That's right. Um, that's right. Uh, a couple people are saying that, uh, that Sonny and Joey are mainly on darker elevation. Okay. And then somebody said, uh, Flat says, having a good relation with Janelle, who runs one of the best indie promotions, is probably, I mean, GCW is the top indie promotion right, in the yeah, country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if that is his, if that's kind of his thing is like, Hey, you can do the GCW stuff as long as it doesn't get too crazy. You're not going off rooftops or anything. Plus you're, you know, you are featured on dark and things like that. Plus you're a, a, a vital pipeline to the independent scene. If everybody's happy with that arrangement, then we don't need more of Joey Janelle on TV, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like we said before, it all depends on what aligns with each individual's ambitions, you know? Exactly. If people are happy with their role, um, then we then we should be happy for them. Mm-hmm. And then there you go. Anyways, that's going to do it for the show. Twitch chat. Stick around for a little bit. We'll chat you up. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Help support Going In Raw today by becoming a Friendo Club TV member. You'll get access to new bonus episodes every week, including Friendo Club Arcade, Live Power Rank, Vintage 10 for the Wins, and Ask Steven Larson. Get access to Friendo Club TV today by becoming a $5 and up patron at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson, by throwing us a sub at twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson, or by clicking join at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson.
Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.